0: Can you hear me now? Yes. I have a question for you. Yeah. Ready for you? Don't take yourself too seriously now, okay? Yeah? Yeah, yeah are we okay with that? Yeah. What kind of weirdo are you? Yeah. What kind of weirdo are you? But you're, what kind of weirdo are you? Do you notice know, something? Here's my contention. There's something weird about every one of us. Everyone has something weird about them, don't they? Yeah. Well, not me. I'm, I'm a perfectly normal person. <laughs> If you've ever met a perfectly normal person, I guarantee you this, you'll fall into a coma within five minutes of being in their company because they're so boring. Everybody has something weird about them. Some people are weird about their animals. Have you ever seen the way some people treat their animals? Yeah. They meet their cat. Mm, hello, <laughs> it's like, It's not a child, it's an animal and the cat's going, let me alone, will yeah. Or they meet their dog. And he's like, oh, who's happy to see, who's happy to see Danny today, who's happy to see Danny today, hello little fella, and the dog is, and all the dog is thinking is, food, 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 the dog doesn't love you, okay? I know I'd be shot for that afterwards by the animal lovers. People are weird about all sorts of things, some people are weird about food, I'm a bit weird about food yeah. myself because I'm a celiac, I can't eat certain types of food. Uh, And so I can be a bit weird about it. Sit down in a restaurant, my worst restaurant in the world, and I love it. I'd love to be able to go in is Italian restaurants, because all of the food contains gluten. So I can't go to it, and I used to love Italian food. But people are weird about all sorts of things. Some people are weird about their gardens. Some people are weird about their homes. Some people are weird about cleanliness. Everything's got to be super ooper -ooper duper duper clean. They've got some kind of phobias. And some people have, you know, all sorts of strange weirdnesses about them. I think we're all weird in some way. If you think you might be weird in some way, will you put up your hand? With the rest of the liars in the room please put up your hands? It's not a question of if you're weird, it's what kind of weirdo are you? And Christians are kind of weirdos too, aren't they? Yeah? Christians are weirdos. They kind of believe weird things. Like they believe the writings of weird people like prophets. Some of those prophets, man, they were weird. Like Isaiah the prophet goes around prophesying in the nude for a year. Amen. Hallelujah. Ezekiel the prophet prophesies while lying on his side for a year. It was like, hey, this kind of guy, these guys were weird. weird. And then the apostles, they were kind of a bit weird. They kind of laid down their lives for this kind of new faith. They were kind of weird. And then Christians, we believe some kind of, well, frankly, weird things, right? We believe that when we pray, God hears us. Amen? Amen? Amen. But do you know something to the world? That's kind of weird. Do you know when we worship God, we raise our hands to heaven? How many times do we do it inside here? Lord, let we just raise our hands to heaven. You only get that in the church because it's weird. How many of you go into work on the Monday morning and the boss says, "Let's put our hands into heaven." No one does. Don't go into a pub and the guy behind the bar says, "What you have a pinty Guinness?" So the pinty Guinness and he says, "Let's raise our hands to heaven." It just doesn't happen. We do things that like we believe that the Holy Spirit is alive today, an invisible person and a power at work in us. Alive in us. Speaking to us. We believe that people speak in tongues. And prophesy the will of God in these situations. Brothers and sisters. That's weird. Christians have always been a little bit weird. And do you know what I want to say today? We're weird and proud. Would anyone say amen? and proud hallelujah because we see things in such a different way we have a completely different worldview now what i want to do today is i don't want to tell you something new okay i might put it in a new way but i won't tell you something new but what i will tell you i hope is something that you mustn't forget that okay? Yeah. I want to tell you something you mustn't forget. Let me take you on a small historical tour. You go through the Old Testament and you read the stories of relatively weird people. People like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Samuel and Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel. They were kind of strange, kind of almost weird people, right? And when you read these stories about them, all of them share one thing in common. They were all outsiders to their community and to their culture. They all believed things that their culture didn't believe. And for some period of time in their lives, they all spent time away from their own home and from their own home culture. And I think that that could be true of Grace Christian Church today. How many people here were not born in Ireland but have moved to Ireland after you were born? How many of you here? Look at that. Look at all those people who were not born here but have come here. They are far away from home but they are a home among the people of God. Amen. Let me read you from, from the book of Hebrews. Paul is recording this in the book of Hebrews. And he's talking about the, the, the believers in the Old Testament times. And when he talks about them, he says, he says this about them. He's talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David and all the prophets. And he says this about them. He says, he says they said, these people, said that they were strangers on earth. They didn't belong. We'd use the word aliens perhaps. When people say things like this, they show that they are looking for a country that will be their own. They're not in their own country. They've got another country. They believe that they were strangers on earth. He goes on to say this. They were waiting for a better country. A heavenly country. So that God is not ashamed to be called their God. Because he has prepared a city for them. Hallelujah. You see, that's what they were looking forward to. They were looking forward to a heavenly country. And because they were looking forward to that, God was not ashamed of them. Because they trusted him in the land of the living here. They trusted him in the cultures that they were in. But they believed for more. They believed that God had a higher purpose and a higher pattern for them. And so we move into the New Testament. We read about the Christians. And the Christians were very different to their culture. Remember, they grew up in a suspension between the pagan and political system of Rome and the religious system of the Jewish system. And so it was neither fish nor fowl, as we'd say around here. It was Either of those things and so it's to this group of people that Peter writes when he's writing his letter one Peter may God bless us as we read his word and speak to us and challenge us and build us up in Jesus mighty name God's people saying here's what he writes he writes this letter to the foreigners now what I want you to do especially if you're not born in Ireland Or maybe you are from Ireland, you've lived for a short time or maybe a long time in another country. I want you to think this was a letter written to me because I was a foreigner. I was a stranger. I love in Exodus chapter 22, the Lord says through Moses, treat the stranger and the foreigner well. Remember, you were once a stranger and a foreigner too. Would anyone say it? Here's what he writes to them. He says, I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners. In the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit made you holy. That wasn't written just to those people. It was written to us. God's chosen people. Chosen people. God chose you. It's not an accident you're here today. It's not an accident you're in the kingdom of God. God chose you. In fact... I would go so far as to say this. You know when you read about David and you read about Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Paul and Peter, you are as chosen as any one of those people were chosen. Just as chosen. In actual fact, you were called for a purpose just like they were called for their purpose. You need to live into God's purpose for your life. Would anyone say amen? Amen. And that purpose will come from who you are. Let's continue on. He writes this. He says to them in chapter 2 of this passage. Remember, the people he's writing to are scattered. And at this time, there's not that many Christians yet. The kingdom of God is advancing, but numerically, in real terms, numerically, there were actually still relatively few Christians in the context of the population of the empire. The empire, Roman Empire was 60 million people at the time. You're probably talking that there was somewhere around 150 to 200,000 Christians at this stage of writing, which was still a massive explosion, but still in relative terms was relatively small. He writes to them and this is what he says. He says, You are what? You are a? You are a? And we're going to say it now like we really mean it. I feel like I'm a chosen person. I've been chosen for this. You are chosen people. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Would you stand for a second? I want you to own this. I want you to hear your own voice say it. Would you just repeat these few lines with me? And would you say it with a bit of heart? Put it into your mind, put it into your soul. If you're even watching your Facebook or Instagram, you can stand up too. Or if you're up in the atrium, you can stand up too. We're going to repeat these words together. I'm going to just go through the couple of verses and we're going to quote them together, okay? Yes. Him, do, tree. You are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, You can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Listen to this. Once you had no identity as a people. Now you are the people. Hallelujah. Once you received no mercy. Now you have received God's mercy. Would anyone say amen? Amen take your seats you were outsiders separated from God living in darkness but know you live in light once you were not a people at all you had nothing to do with each other and know you are God's people you are God's family you are his chosen people that's what this shit does I just want to get and because you are that I've news to you you're a bit weird you're a bit weird so he goes on to say this, and this is really important. Out of that context, he's saying that this is who you are. In the Old Testament, God had chosen a physical people. He put them in a physical land, but now He has a stu- He has a physical people and they're in a spiritual land. No, we are God, they were God's chosen people, but no, you are God's chosen people. You had no name, no, you have the name which is Christian. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He goes on to say this, dear friend, I urge you as temporary residents and foreigners. Aliens and strangers in the old translation. So keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Wage war against your very souls. Does anybody know what the purpose of waging war is? It is to conquer. It is to defeat. It is to subjugate. And that's what those desires are doing. They're trying to conquer you, defeat you, enslave you, subjugate you and he says keep away from those things are you weak in an area that's waging war on you keep away from it don't go there ah look i know look i know i'm in that college but i can go to a pub i can hold one or two i'll be fine no keep away from it stay away from it because it's waging war against your very soul the soul of you is being waged war against he goes on to say this he says, be careful how you live, even among, among your unbelieving neighbors, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, then they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Yeah. Now you go, what? What, like, how, what does my neighbor see that I'm doing wrong? You've got to remember that in the context that Peter was writing to at first the Christians were kind of a bit weird. They were considered a bit kind of strange. But then as time went on, They went from being strange and weird to being dangerous. The Jews turned against them first. And then after the Jews turned against them, the Roman authorities turned against them. And they began to... It considered them a threat to the social and religious fabric of the empire. There was only a handful of them and yet they were considered to be a threat to the social fabric of the empire. And they began to accuse them of doing some very strange things. One of the things that they were accused of, believe it or not, not every Christian but some Christians, were accused of cannibalism. And the reason they were accused of cannibalism, and it was trumped up, The reason they were accused of cannibalism was because they spoke of breaking the body and blood of Jesus Christ and consuming it, you see? To the Christians it was a symbol, but to those against them they used it as an opportunity to accuse them of cannibalism because they hated them. Another much more dangerous claim was this dangerous claim that they made. Do you know when we say, Jesus is Lord? Would you say it with me? Jesus Jesus is Lord. Lord. You see, we say it like, yeah. Jesus is Lord, it's cool, he's the Lord, he's the boss, he's the king of kings, he's the lord of all lords, he's the boss. When we say that, no, we can say it in perfect safety. You couldn't say it in perfect safety back in the Roman Empire. Because in certain areas, to, make, to say that Jesus was Lord meant that you were saying that the emperor wasn't Lord. You see, what's worse is that these Christians were saying that they believed in a criminal who the Romans had crucified. They believed that he rose again and that he went and ascended to heaven. And now he is the king and he's coming back to deliver them from the kings of earth. And so to the Romans, this suddenly becomes a threat because the Christians were accused of sedition and treason for saying Jesus is Lord. So when you write. When you read the book of Romans. Where Jesus, where, where Peter says. Where every knee will bow and every tongue confess. That Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is saying a very dangerous thing. In a city where you didn't say things like that. About anyone other than the emperor. Are you with me? Yes. That's what he says. Even if they accuse you of doing wrong. You see the Christians were being accused of do, being doing wrong. They were accused of treason, sedition, cannibalism. They were, they were watching back. They are accusing them of all sorts of things. And so he says, they will see your honourable behaviour. How you respond, oh brothers and sisters, how you respond when the pressure comes on will tell you all you need to know about yourself. You see, it's great to be on living in peace and praise the Lord when there's no trouble in your life. But the minute somebody slams the door in your face, or somebody cuts you off in traffic, suddenly we manifest. He says, live, make sure your behavior is honorable. Are you with me so far? I want to talk to you about another small subject uh, as we're moving on through this. The point I want to say, and if you don't get it, please uh, forgive me, I haven't done a good enough job. Here's the bottom line. You are kind of weird because in truth, the claims that you make are strange in this world. When you claim that Jesus rose from the dead and He is seated on the throne in heaven, that he's Lord of lords and that he's king of kings, you are making a strange claim. You're making a blessed claim though. Hallelujah. And that will mark you out. I want to talk to you about citizenship for a second. Citizenship is an interesting thing. Like Paul is talking to these Christians, these Christian believers, and he's saying to them, you know, you belong to another country. You belong to another king. You belong to another empire, right? And he says, you know, uh, because, because of that, you don't quite fit in here on planet Earth. You don't quite fit in with the culture that's around. And that's why churches come together, because we share a common view and a common belief. And so if you take at the moment, for instance, in Ireland, there's 50,000 Ukrainian refugees, right? 50,000 Ukrainian refugees have now come to Ireland since the start of the war on 23rd of February, 2022. And those people have come here to Ireland. They've come from another country, another country, they speak. They're from another land. They speak another language. They have a different culture, and they're here living as temporary residents. And even though they are here in this in this country, their loyalty and their longing really is to be home in Ukraine. Amen. May God end that war and lower those people home in Jesus' name. Amen. But they're here. Can you see the picture? That's what we're like. We're here. But well, really we belong somewhere else. Really our home is not really this world. And I know you no, know, you might go, oh no Michael, I just want to get through my day. Yes, but so long as you realise that your home is elsewhere, you'll get through your day a lot better. Amen. Yes. We were all once outside of the kingdom of God, but now we're citizens. Would anyone say amen? Yes. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Citizens of heaven. Fellow citizens with God's people. Would you repeat with me? I'm a citizen and proud. Citizen and pro. Hallelujah. Let's talk about citizenship here as well. But do you know, what? every culture, no, no, if I run on a little bit long, that's okay. Every culture has its weird things about it, doesn't it? Yes? Yes. No? Your culture doesn't? Anyway, you've got an amazing culture. But the Irish culture has some strange things in it, doesn't it? Would any of you who are international be brave enough to say, yeah, the Irish are weird? Right. Easy no. Easy no. no. Easy, no. No, that's easy no. no. That's not true. The Irish are the best. I don't know who that is, but we'll be casting the demon only. I know. I know. John, I hear you out there. Come out, false spirit. It's not very nice when somebody acts an audition. Those Irish are a bit weird, aren't they? Anyway, the Irish are a little bit weird. We? We, do, we, do come, we do some fairly weird things, don't we, in fairness? You know, have you ever asked an Irish person how they are? Hi Michael, how are you? What's the, what's the answer? I'm grand! I'm grand. I'm grand! Hallelujah! I'm grand! I feel like throwing myself in the river round Grand. You'll always get the answer grand! Even if like they're, they're in bits and they're chopped up, you visit somebody and they're, they're in the hospital bed and they're like, they've been told have like, two weeks to go and you say, how are you, Sean? I'm grand. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wonder about how the Irish hang up a phone. Isn't the Irish weird when they hang up phones? You see, you hang up a phone to a South African, it's like, I'm finished, good. When we say goodbye, it's uh, a... <laughs> goodbye. It's bye 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 then, when somebody from Germany hangs up the phone and says, Well, I'll see you sober, Benjamin Beck. You say goodbye to Benjamin Beck and say, Goodbye, Benjamin Beck. And he goes, Goodbye, beep. And you go, oh, He's so rude. <laughs> he didn't do the ritual. <laughs> he must say the goodbye ritual. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Then... The last thing the Irish are funny about is food, and that's potatoes. We love our spuds. Yeah. So, today, there's more Irish meals being served than any other at the International Feast, and they're all potatoes! <laughs> Boiled potatoes, baked potatoes, cream potatoes, mashed potatoes, sauteed potatoes, chips! Yeah! Every culture has its weirdness. The Irish are weird sometimes. Great no. Gosh. Amen. Okay, you own it, sister. You own it. And the British are strange sometimes. Let's move Aww. on in prayer. Amen. <laughs> Paul talks about citizens of heaven. And that's what I want to say. We are, brothers and sisters, citizens of heaven. He writes this. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. And he says, who you are determines what you do. Your identity precedes your activity. Are you with me? Who you are determines what you do. That's what you're supposed to be like. He goes. Let me tell you a little bit about Philippi, just because I really have run on, but very quickly. Philippi had a very particular place. The city of Philippi in modern day Greece, far it was then known as Macedonia, had some interesting things about it. First of all, it was a colony of Rome, not like all the other contact, not like all the other conquered territories. It was a colony of Rome. It was a place where Romans went to live. In particular, Roman military personnel went to live. Another thing is that they had tax exemptions for the residents. If you lived in the city of if you lived in the city of Rome, you had exemptions. You were you didn't have to pay certain taxes that other conquered people did. They moved quickly on. There was a retirement location for those military Roman military veterans. What happened was at the end of the wars in the east, somebody in Rome said, I tell you what, we don't want all those big hairy generals, majors, captains, and sergeants and centurions coming home to Rome with their sharpened swords, trained professional killers. Let's do let's put a city like way over there so they can all stay there. And so that's what they did. And so they gave a thing called the Italic right, which meant that even though they lived in Philippi, they had all the rights of a citizen of Rome. Now do you see the spiritual parallel? And this is what Paul is writing to the Christians in Philippi. He says, even though you live in this world, you have all the rights of citizenship and protection of heaven itself. Amen. And that's what you have today, brothers Amen. and sisters. All of the rights and protections of a citizen. Of heaven. Hallelujah. That's what we are like. He goes on to say this. He says. We are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him. To return. As our saviour. And the Romans listen. What do you mean? He's coming back to rescue as your saviour. We are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. That's who we're looking to. That's the one who's going to rescue you. And the song. As as the old. um, As the old. Um. Negro spiritual song went, I won't be satisfied until I see my Jesus, till I see my Jesus coming through the sky. Anybody hear that song before? No, I won't be satisfied till I see my Jesus, till I see my Jesus coming through the sky. It's just beautiful song, a beautiful song. But Let me just wrap up with this. The term is used, belonging to God. Is the original translation of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Refers to the people of God. Belonging to God. And it's a beautiful term. It's a, it's a beautiful implication. When we talk about belonging. It's not about coercive control. It's not about tying up or binding up in terms of belonging. Or keeping away. It's not that kind of belonging. It's a belonging like this. The day I gave my wedding vows to my wife Elma. I said, no, I belong to you. And then she gave me her wedding vows, and she said, and I belong to you, Michael. So now we belong to one another. Are you with me? Yeah. It's not about control. It's about blessing. It's about being there. It's about saying, no, you are my care. I am now responsible for providing for you, for protecting you, for watching over you. That's what the term belonging to God means. Let me ask you, how do you think God treats his treasured possessions, the things that belong to him? How does he treat them? He treats them with great care. He looks after them better still. When he takes them out, that's you and me, he puts them on the and he says, Hey world, take a look at what I've done with the one that belongs to me. And that's you in your workplace, in your home place, wherever it is that you move. That's you. How do you think God treats his people? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He provides for his people. He protects his people. Now, let's bring it even closer. How do you think God treats his children? Because we are the sons and daughters of the living God through faith in Jesus Christ. Will anybody say amen? amen? We have to ask ourselves, that's what it means to belong to God. That's what it means to be a citizen of heaven. That's what it means to be a stranger and a foreigner in the culture and the country in which we live. We will not share all of the world views that other people have. We will not share all of their customs. We will not share all of their values. Our values will be guided by God's word, what he has to say, and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. That's what will guide our values. That's what will guide our living. That's how we are going to be directed. And so I bring you to the last verse for today. Maybe the band will come up. Bring it to the last verse that we're going to do before we pray for our international feast and before we pray and we close. Because what I want to do, brothers and sisters, is call you to that weird identity that is Christian. And say, you know what? I'm going to live as a Christian. And I'm going to live it out loud. I'm going to live it out loud where I work, where I live, in my home. If somebody asks me, I'm going to tell them. If I don't, even if they don't ask me, sometimes I'll even tell them. I'll kind of get them into the conversation somehow if I have to, but I'm going to live out loud as a Christian, as somebody who is a citizen of heaven. You know when you see the Irish on holidays and they kind of go around in these kind of Ireland t-shirts and they drape Irish flags over their shoulders? You know, it's because when you're away from home, you feel more longing for your home than at any other time. They say the Irish are the only people in the world who are homesick even when they're still at home. It's the same for the Christian. Let me finish up with these couple of verses and then we're going to sing a song together. This is what Paul writes. He's after spelling all of this out to the Christians in Rome. In the letter to the Romans, he's after spelling all this out. And when he gets to Romans chapter 12, he always wraps up and says, and so this is the implication of what I've just said about your identity. About your identity as a Christian. About your identity as a believer. About your identity as a child of God. He says this. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice that's a weird thing to say it was weird then, it's weird now sacrifice is always done but he says let them be a living sacrifice let them live in a way that represents the fact that they're living for God the kind that he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him and then he kind of wraps that up by the and you're very familiar, if you're familiar with the scriptures at all, you've been around churches at all, you've heard this verse a million times. But it's worth saying again, he says this. Don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world. Yes. Don't copy them. Don't think because everyone is doing it, I can do it. Don't think, well that's the way it is, no. Not the way, like even my own kids say to me sometimes, that's the way it was when you were young. No, this is what the Bible says. It was that way when Jesus was young. It was that way when David was young. Don't copy the patterns or the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Now, how could he possibly do that? Other than you read his word, You listen to what he has to say about your life and how you live and how you should live as a Christian and as a citizen of heaven. And then he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. You're a weirdo. Own it. You're not supposed to fit in like everybody else does. You're supposed to be different in your values. In your lifestyle, in the things you say, and the things you do, you're supposed to be different. Own it. And this is, I think, is God's pleasing and perfect will for us this week. That we would go to our places of work and the places in, that we live. And there we would represent Jesus Christ as citizens of heaven. That there, when we go into those places where the darkness is, that we will bring the light. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. We're going to pray two things. We're going to pray. Thanksgiving for the food that we're about to partake in and, 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 and enjoy by God's grace. Can I just say this to you? When you go down in a minute, whatever about the food, when you see people eating together from different cultures, different tribes, tongues, nations, lands, that is a taste of heaven itself. It's a taste of heaven itself. So you're going to taste heaven. If you're sticking around, I know some of you can't, but if you're sticking around, we're going we're to have a taste of heaven. So I'm going to pray a final closing prayer and a prayer of Thanksgiving. I'm going to ask you one last time to do that weird thing that we do. Let's raise our hands to heaven. Let's raise our hands to heaven. Our hands are our hearts. That's what they are. We're saying, Lord, we need you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be your very own. We ask you that as we go into the week to come, that your blessing and your protection and your provision would rest upon our lives every day and in every way. And God's people say. Amen.